Friday night, let's have some fun Let's get together and play a ton With Matt and John and Mike and Bill I almost forgot that other Matt too Welcome, and I'm Matt And I'm John And together we're Friday Night Games! Today on the show, we have a special guest, Kevin, the founding father of Friday Night Games. Uh, today's Hi! To- <laughs> <laughs> you speak what I tell you to speak. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> on today's show, we're going to be talking about the Board Game Geek Conline Online Convention. So we're going to talk about what they did, why they did it, how they did it, and what worked, what didn't work, and our opinion on it and on other online conventions. Uh, three hidden themes that Matt kind of saw through the show. A little bit of news, what excites us, and maybe we'll uh, geek out a little bit about Marvel at the end. I don't know. We'll see. So, well, Kevin's our guest, so let's uh, let's introduce Kevin a little bit. So, Kevin, how how are you the founding father of Friday Night Games? I don't know if I'm like founding father, but what we started back in after grade school, what me, Matt, and John were all going to the uh, same grade school and the other guys in a Friday Night Games. And then we split off to high school. and Just Matt stop went... it. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop it. Look, we, we're, we're all best friends in grade school. We're all best friends. You could say that. Yeah. Right. All right. So we're all we're all best friends, and uh, we wanted to go. I wanted to go and keep us all of us together. So I started inviting every inviting the guys over uh, to my place on Friday nights, and we started playing playing video games and just hanging out each Friday night, and uh, kind of doing that since. Just a little bit of a uh, reminiscing. Uh, what was that? What was that one game we played? Like I swear we played it for like four months straight. I don't. I remember the name. I don't even remember the name. What was the name? Tekken? No! Smash Brothers, come on. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, we did, yeah, we did that too. And I don't remember the name, but... No, I is. totally just trying to say Kevin up. I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to lead him. I'm trying to lead him, like, Kevin, come on, man. There was Tekken 3, there was Goldeneye, we did a lot of Star Fox. Yeah, me, a lot of Star Fox. So just as a note, Kevin and I, um, Matt, have been friends since grade 4. Uh, basically, it started when... You had you were reading like what EGM? You're like we were like it's like Nintendo Power or something. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, you like Nintendo? You like Mega Man? It's like, yeah, I like Mega Man. I'm a fat Mega Man lover myself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Great grade four. What year is it? That's almost like thirty years ago. Nah, it's like fifty years ago. Yeah, it was '94. So that it's like twenty-six years ago. Yeah. It's a long time. Friday Night Games is 26 years old. Hot damn. Cool. Yeah, so uh, thank you for letting us hang out in your basement. Sorry about eating all your food. Although it came back to haunt <laughs> me later on when, when you when you went away to uh, to America. Yeah. <laughs> I was left with the very Canadian version of it, which was, you know, we, we drank maple syrup in my basement for... Well, until I was in your igloo. Until I moved out, like twenty-five at twenty-five, I moved out of my house at twenty-five. Hallelujah! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right, That's right. Yeah. So, Matt, um, I noticed you spent a lot of time on Twitter this weekend. <laughs> no, I was working. Yeah, 
on a on a very what the heck on, were you doing, on a very funny note um okay so the my power was actually out until 2 p.m the day of the board game convention so i was really excited i'm looking forward to it and then uh, i got this notice the day before saying like oh the power's gonna be out i'm like oh yeah no big deal whatever whatever the power's only gonna be out for like 10 minutes because it was out a couple weeks before and when it was out yeah. it was only out for 10 minutes so oh, okay. i so i get so i you know i'm i'm waiting at like 10 o'clock i'm like when's this power gonna go out so i talked to my boss i'm like you know i'm i'm you know i, I have I got all my work lined up i'm just I got online early. I started doing a lot of it. So I actually was in a decent position. And then my power just cuts out. And I'm like, oh, it'll be up for 10 minutes. Well, lo and behold, three and a half hours later, <laughs> three and a half hours later at 1 p.m. Eastern, I'm like, okay, okay, the convention's on. I actually need to do work because whatever I don't work, I'm going to have to make up later on at night anyway. So I got in my car and I just started like, where's the internet? Where, where's the internet? I'm just going to go somewhere with internet. I don't care if I have to sit in my car in a parking lot. I'm just going to try and like listen <laughs> in and do work from a parking lot. So in the middle of my drive, my wife calls me and she's like, no, 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 power's back on. I'm like, no, this is just like, I swear to God, on my way out, I look at my wife and I'm like, I'm going to go find a parking lot with internet. And I guarantee you on my drive, the power's going to come on. Yeah, of course. And of course, on my drive, in the middle of my drive, I get a phone call. My wife's like, hey, hey, power's on. Come back. I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, turn the hard right in the middle of the expressway. <laughs> Flew across the median. <laughs> no, no. I just got, I got up and It's I like did. that meme. It's like, internet's back on. Car's <laughs> I'm going backwards down the highway. <laughs> yeah, so, so I got back on at two, which is kind of sad because I missed a lot of the um, – between one and two on the Wednesday, they were talking a lot about the Spiel des Jars games, which are basically the highest nominated games in, in Europe. Um, and they have a lot, they actually have a pretty decent selection. A lot of them are abstract or different. They, they try to go for like innovative games. And um, it's also cool because they have like a kids category too. So there's like three really cool kids games. The Board Game Geek Conline Online Convention uh, was supposed to be a real convention. Um, that was supposed to happen, I think, around the same time, if not the same days, uh, in Texas. But unfortunately, because of COVID-19, we all have to adapt. So they adapted. They canceled the real show, and they turned it into an online version. So it worked out really well. It was over. It was only over Twitch. So the whole convention was was one Twitch stream of them filming. I don't know if they had other things. I don't think they did. But it's just that what they had. They had a Twitch stream going on all day long, and then every half an hour they had a different guest. The, the Spiel de Jar was they had that was for an hour, but everything else was a half an hour of a guest from one of the bigger companies, and the the company would demo their game basically, and then Board Game Geek tried to like get out little tidbits so like hey why don't you tell everybody about this and then usually the company's like no we can't talk about that (laughs) makes sense so like no we can't actually talk about anything (laughs) hope you enjoy these games from last year but yeah so uh yeah on a cool note i uh sent the links to you guys so what are your thoughts on everything going online i was a little apprehensive about it at first and because you know when you go to when you go to conventions like the the point is to be immersed in that energy of the crowd um walking around getting that get and like you know catching things out of the corner of your eye that you weren't really like looking for and stuff like that i was like uh, i don't know am i gonna really 
I mean, I know I'm not going to get that same experience online. Um, so I was a little apprehensive about checking it out. I mean, I didn't get to do it live like you did. Um, but I spent a couple uh, hours uh, yesterday and today kind of going through um, a couple of the, the live stream or the streams that they had. So just as a note, I didn't do everything online. Like I still had to work. So um, I tried to like get as much in as possible and I made notes. Which so the thing that really worked out for me was the fact that it was all through Twitch, so it's actually recorded. So you can go on Twitch right, right now and watch the convention, the twelve hours of convention, if you really want to. But what I did was I, I made a bunch of notes that were interested me, so that I could go back later on at night and basically rewatch or reget whatever information I needed to get out of it. I was right. tweeting things live stream, and obviously on the Thursday, I you know I finished a lot more of my work, so. In the early in the morning on Thursday, so I was able to do it a little bit later at night. So I actually like was able to live stream a little bit better on Thursday because I finished all my work, my work work on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, That's COVID, fine. for making everything flexible. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So I don't know when you when you kind of sent us the links. I was like, I don't really don't feel like sitting here and watching any of this, to be honest. But in the um, the vein of being somewhat prepared to talk about the topic, I did watch a little bit of it. Um, and I, and guilt, actually, so I guilted you. <laughs> you guilted me. But I actually thoroughly enjoyed everything that I watched. I felt it really neat that they were that they were able to... I'm sure with everything going on, this whole world is navigating their their business platforms every day. Like, what are, what are we going to do to sustain ourselves during this whole crisis or pandemic? And... To take a convention th- that thousands of people go to and companies, you know, that is in their business model for the years. Like, we're going to go to these conventions and scale it down to just be an online stream. Uh, and to do it that quickly, I think I think is pretty awesome that they, they pulled it off. I mean, I'm sure there. I'm, I noticed that there were some glitches, like you know, couldn't hear audio on some of the things, or people froze, <laughs> and that's just, that's just what comes with doing everything. You know what? Via and, the and internet. I, right? and, so I put down one of my negatives was the technical glitches, but really, like you know what, they did a fantastic job. The way they set it up. Uh, if if you're gonna go watch it later, you know they had like a board game table, so they basically had the game set up, and someone was demoing it. And then they had a host, and then they had the person who was the guest, and the and the guest and the host would interact, describe the game, show how to play it, while the other person off screen had the had the whole thing set up in front of them. They were just kind of manipulating the pieces and showing off the pieces. Actually, they could work really well. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Kev? What did you notice? Uh, so, like John, I got through. I got the links, and I took a look at a couple of them. I didn't quite have enough. 12 hours to go through the entire uh, con online. But I agree with what you're saying. You know, they took a huge, like, broad uh, convention. They pared it down into an, an entirely online experience. They entirely changed up their workflow, entirely changed up pretty much everything that they were doing with it. And uh, I thought what they did with it, the couple that I watched, were pretty cool. Uh, it, it flowed pretty smooth. What, what did you like? <coughs> what did you watch? What did you watch? I watched one on the Kodama 3D. It's kind of a resource building game where you go collect resources and um, 
you build up a tree, and they it's cool because you have a like a little miniature tree. Yeah, and the, tree, more the trees are all 3D. They're all like really cool looking yeah. 3D trees that you snap together. And I think your pieces move around that. All right. Yeah. So I saw. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. Yeah, and then like as you go and you progress through the game, you go, you can go collect uh, flowers to add on like to get more points. So it adds a layer, some more layers of complexity to it. And then as you get more resources, you can also go and get some like branches too. So you can kind of put it onto your onto your tree and you can grow it. Those those was pretty cool. Um, they were demoing it. So they like basically three screens. Like one was the tabletop and the board and everything, and then they had the speaker and they had the host too. Yeah. So that that setup, the 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 board, the main screen being the board, and then the, the host on the side. That's actually like the main setup they did for everything. So it really worked out really well. And back to your main point, I think one one of my positives was the fact that like you know you didn't you didn't um, attend at all because you had to work and your work doesn't allow you, you know, you can't watch and work at the same time. But you actually got to, like, go later, look at the video and see stuff, right? And and you got to cut out the stuff you didn't like, right? And the same thing with you right. too, John, right? Like, I think that that's actually really cool. Whereas, like, me, I'm, I'm interested in everything, so I'm going to watch everything, sure. But, like, for someone who, you know, like, you guys have limited time, especially on, like, a Wednesday and Thursday, you know, you're just gonna watch the the very specific things, right? So, so on that note, why? What specifically drew you to Kodama 3D, Kevin? I actually randomly clicked through, randomly clicked through and saw that one. Uh, so it it was a cool one, and uh, I did like it. It the, the uh, 3D part did draw me to it though, and I thought it was pretty cool that it had the miniature tree and you kind of grew it and everything. But I didn't know there were previous versions of Kodama already though. Um, anything else you guys didn't like about it? No, I mean the sometimes the audio or the uh, technical difficulties detracted a little bit from what was going on, but but like we said, they did I a mean, good job fixing them, right? So yeah, like there was there was one time where like one of the guys uh, his whole his whole thing froze, and they just cut him out. They just like they added i don't know i don't know if it was like he left and the screen just popped up more or they just took him out completely and then the the other host just kind of filled in until they were able to come back so it was kind of cool i felt so bad that's eric i think his name was eric i felt so bad for him he was actually having technical difficulties both days and yeah. i was just like oh man <laughs> i was like oh this sucks <laughs> sorry you can tell a little bit because he was like you can see that how pissed he was getting and he was like trying not to show it but it was pretty yeah, he's getting frustrated, pretty funny. but I don't know what are you gonna do. Exactly. I don't know if there were like time, uh, time spots like where they would have, um, you know, like Kodama 3D is at like you know this at the 18 minute and 30 second mark. So, or if another game was at the 20 second, 20 minute mark or whatever else. Yeah, there there was, um, which was really cool. I think I sent you guys the Board Game Geek slash Live. It had all the links of when everything was on. So you can look through that, and then that actually showed you, like, hey, at 5 o'clock, this game is on. At 5.30, this was on. At, you know, 6.30, Opoly is on. You know, So it actually, like, had a, had a list, and you can actually take that list. It's still up and compare it to the, twi- uh, to the Twitch stream, and you can use that to actually see what games you want to see. So I know you randomly joined in on Kodama 3D, but you could actually look at that list and choose what you want. 
All right, cool. Well, it's kind of like on YouTube, you have certain time, time points, like time markers, where you can click on it, and then you'll jump right to that. I mean, I know they... I don't know do about Twitch. I have no idea. Put it all together. Probably it's Twitch. Who knows? Maybe it doesn't. Yeah. I, don't know. Um, I guess. I guess for for me, the the big thing that I didn't like uh, was again, like John, your point, the interactivity. Like I kind of like going around, and, and if I don't care about something, I could go look at something else, right? So I can I can adjust my time to their demos. Um, the one thing I did love though was the demo was actually like. You know, I actually felt like it was a really good demo, and I was there in front of it, and I could see everything. Um, when I was at PAX Unplugged, you know, Dark Tower was announced. Uh, sorry, the Return to Dark Tower was announced, and it was at a table, and I'm like, oh, sweet, I want to go check it out. It was on my list. I go there, and then there's just a big crowd. And then I can't hear the demo, I can't see the demo, and then I just can't get in. And then I come back later, same thing, right? So it's just like this was definitely a better platform for me to see these games because I was able to actually go in there with their best demo and see it and see everything in front of me. Yes, I couldn't touch the pieces. Okay, well, we may never be able to touch pieces again. But <laughs> but it's just like, you know, like I can actually hear the game and hear what it's about. I didn't have to fight people to see it or fight people to get up close, you know. And, and that was that to me was huge. Yeah, and I think that was a good selling point for me as well. It's just being able just to look like a bird's eye view of what the what the game looked like, and even even me, like I was just skimming, you know, I skimmed through some of the videos and just seeing the uh, the production on some of the games is what got me to stop and and watch it. So right, it was nice. So I, I mean, I, I like the feel of it going to a convention and like finding those hidden gems that you weren't there to see and then and end up loving so yeah and, and i agree with that too those are the things that we are not going to get to see i'm not going to get to like go check out that innovative game right because right. i can't search it out myself you know it's like scavenger hunt yeah so verdict uh what did you think of it overall did you like it did you not like it i mean i'll be sad if this is the future and this is what the norm, the new norm is. But um, I mean, for right now, and for to adapt to what's going on around the world, I think it's a it's a great outlet, um, and I fully support it. Kev, what about you? Yeah, that was cool. I thought they took a bad situation and uh, made the best of it, and they contacted the different uh, demoers and different presenters, and they were all able to present. In a limited, more limited capacity, but they were still able to present and mm -hmm. uh, still do a lot for their brand and for their games. And I thought it was done pretty well for what they could. And I think uh, what what's cool about it too is you know not not everybody can fly from across the world to the United States or whatever to to demo their games or you know. Um, bring their games to you know, the North American market. Um, I mean, you know, if you're a bigger company, yeah, sure you can. But this is a good opportunity for them to be able to show their game off to a, a large audience and do it remotely from home. I think that's pretty awesome. I mean, I don't know, I don't know the logistics of it and how that would work, but I think that that's a pretty good possibility for them to just maybe, maybe not like the big big conventions but maybe smaller ones that go online like to really get those 
uh, overseas um, um, creators, um, an audience over here. Yeah, so like I, I totally agree with that. I think one of the best parts for me was the fact that I didn't have to buy a hotel room and a flight to go to this convention. I was literally at my house. I could take a day off from work without having to pay a lot of money to do this. So I think that's a huge selling point for me. Um, I still miss, don't get me wrong, I still want to go to conventions because then there's a whole other interaction level there of, you know, networking with people, getting to meet up-and-coming designers, getting to meet up-and-coming games. Like, that that stuff's not there at this convention. It is there for Board Game Geek, though, and it is there for, like, Dice Tower, whoever's putting it on, because they are so into the industry they can get it. But for us, it's hard. Right. I agree. And then I noticed on the list there were some indie gaming developers. So then, you know, from our standpoint, we're the audience wanting to go there and see a lot of different things. But then for the indie developers, too, who want need to go out there and, like, hustle and really get their game out and get their word out and get really get the connections. It's not I mean, a this it's not good. Equal footing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not. But, it's, but this, like, puts them on equal footing oh. with the remote thing as, like, the big studios, right? Because this right now, it's like, you know, the indie developer got 10 minutes just like a big... Uh, like, but that's games but that's where you're wrong because a lot of the people yeah. who are demoing games were not indie developers. They were all uh. mid to high range studios, right? So, so that's so like yeah, I do agree. If this platform had some sort of thing for indie games, because that's what the conventions do actually have. They have the indie game room and they have like sections where you can go play the indie games. Those, you know, that's yeah. I think that's like a missing out thing, right? Where where and True. that's what John's talking about. That's where we would go around and try and find that hidden gem. Right. Right. So, so Matt, earlier in the introduction, you said that you noticed um, a couple common themes with the uh, convention. Do you care to elaborate a little bit more on what you noticed? Yeah. Um, okay. So, I love trends. You know, I love data. You know, I love trends. So, as I'm going through, I start picking up on these trends and what studios are going to do. And that usually tells me what we're going to see a million games that are going to be like very soon. So, the first one I noticed. Um, it was the theme of my city and what did that, I think John, you mentioned it earlier in the pre-talk. What did that game have? Polynominoes. <laughs> Polynominominominominoes. Yeah. So Tetris. I, I feel like my three-year-old kid trying to say words. <laughs> I don't know. I was like polygons, Tetris. Can't we just call them Tetris pieces? Right. So I'm fine with that. <laughs> so, so basically, they, they have like te- you know the game uses like these Tetris-like pieces to fill a board, right? And and it was a theme. Uh, My city has it. Nova Luna has a similar theme, uh, a little different mechanic though. And then uh, I think another company mentioned. I wish I kind of forget the name, but someone else mentioned they have a game coming out with polynominoes. So it's like. You know, what I mean, it's it's one of those themes. Is like you're going to see a lot of that next year. You're going to see a lot of games having those those themes. Um, and then the other one I noticed was roll and write games. So there, okay. there was a Spiel des Jahres game that is very popular, a one that I want to get, but I can't get a hold of right now, and that's uh, Cartographers. So that game is roll and write, meaning you, you, I think I don't know if that one's yeah that one's roll. You roll dice and then you you get a symbol and you have to put the symbol on your map. Um, there's also the game Roland Wright, <laughs> Roland R O L A N D W R I G H T, like a name, yeah, like a name. It was super clever, and um, it was so clever. And I watched the playthrough of it. You basically roll the dice, you get a color, and then you 
put the color on your little, you color in the grid, it was like rolling color. And then you're trying to match these patterns and you get points for matching the patterns. Um, it was so clever. Like at first I'm like, eh, it doesn't really, it's, I don't think it's up my alley. But then I watched the gameplay video by uh, Perplex Games and I was so convinced I actually bought it. Nice. Yeah, I'm like, mm, this sold. I'm like, this game sounds awesome. And I'm like, and it's similar to Cartographers. It's different, but they're both different games. But because Cartographers can go up to like a million people, it's literally like one to ninety-nine players. While, um, while Roll and Write is just as many of the colored boards you have, right? But it was just such a like an amazing idea that I was, just, I was sold by it. So, yeah. So Roll and Write, you're gonna see a lot of that coming out soon. Uh, I guess technically Welcome to is a draw and write. It has it's been around, but you're gonna see more of these versions of the games. And then um, the other thing I noticed was that one group mentioned dexterity games. So okay. when I was at uh, PAX Unplugged, I noticed the game uh, Hiktarun, which is a Japanese board game called Dexterity. So you actually have to pull cards out of a deck that's kind of like set up like a teepee or, oh, or like yeah, a pyramid. Yeah, I you, you have to pull them. Game. They're like leaning against each other. So you pull the card out. If you don't knock the pyramid over, you keep your life. It was so original. It just blew my mind when I was playing it. I'm like, there's no game like this out there. And then I and then I'm at the convention and then I'm listening to the to the one of the guys at the convention and he's like, Oh, by the way, we're coming up with a dexterity game and I'm like, Alright. <laughs> yeah, so those are the three that's my geek out session. Those are the three themes that I noticed. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Um so That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh what about uh news wise? What uh, what what were some of the little tidbits <clears throat> we heard about? I think most of my stuff's going to come from the uh, Robinsberger panel. Um, There's one that I, that I thought was really cool and how they, they, they sort of snuck it in. So when they were showing off uh, the perfectly wretched uh, villainous game, uh, Eric, Eric asked uh, Cassidy from Robinsberger, you know, what's coming down the line? Is there any other sets coming out? And, you know, she didn't answer flat out that yes, there's stuff coming out, but she did ask. She's like, we're really interested in what people want to want to see. Yeah, yeah. She kind of like hinted like yes, but yeah. we're we kind of have our main <laughs> core villains, right? So kind of like we're looking yeah. for more, I guess. Yeah, it was kind of cool, and then uh, and then instantly, like you, I remember you you sent me a text message like, oh, so you know, let me answer and. Uh, I had to think about it, like who I'd really want to see. I, so I did, I yeah. Cool. I was hoping, I was hoping you'd just like throw it out there. I'm like, you probably know off the top of your head. You play this game so much, you know. I thought yeah. maybe you knew. Uh, and then uh, I really like when they showed off their Hocus Pocus game. I think uh, that game just, just on the nostalgic factor, is gonna just do so well. And I remember I took a picture of. Uh, the game and I put it on my Facebook. Wait, wait, hold on. Like, just hold so on, everyone knows. Can we, just, can we just clear this up for a second here? I took a picture of the game live <laughs> and tweeted yes. it. And it was a horrible picture. The cat was uh, Binks the cat. And it was yeah. so blurry that actually, I think it was Cassidy from Robinsburg actually corrected my photo. <laughs> She's like, oh, let me. No, she was. Just, no, I, th- I think she was just like. I think she was just like, t- like here, here's like a, here's a, a better good picture, picture of it so that we can, we can share. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think she was doing it to call to to say your picture's shit. Hey, I can admit I, I can was, admit my picture was really bad. <laughs> it was just me snipping the screen. But I, but I think I think they were like, "Hey, 
here's here's what the game looks right. like more like yeah, yeah, yeah. more of this and and so i took that picture they sent you posted on my facebook and i was like hey just as so everyone knows this game's coming out and i had like so many people are just like i need that game, I need that game. <laughs> yeah I need they that know game. what they're doing they know how to feed the people yeah <laughs> and i i even showed it to my wife she loves hocus pocus oh, i love hocus pocus like, too so like she just like her jaw dropped for a minute you know and i was like i know what i'm buying <laughs> for, yeah. <laughs> the golden version so yeah i was re- those are probably the the two two of the things i was excited about in that panel so that was kind of cool yeah um I think for me, uh, one of the one of the coolest things. So after the roll and write demo, I was actually really excited for Perplexed, and then I'm like, wow, this is such a great idea. And then they announced that they have uh, Long Shot, the dice game, coming to Kickstarter very soon, which is a dice game based on horse racing. So you're like a person in the stands and you're making bets, and they have like he didn't go completely into it, didn't want to ruin anything, probably because they're trying, still trying to get down some things, but. It was just such a cool little teaser. It just blew my mind. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. And then um, Crystal Palace, which is a longer, bigger game. It's like a worker placement game using dice. Uh, That got me really excited too. Um, But unfortunately, it doesn't have solo. So I was not as excited about it. But then they kind of mentioned that they're going to have some sort of Kickstarter soon. If it's like a second edition or like an expansion, they're going to include Solo. So I'm like, okay, I'll just wait for that to come out. Then I'll purchase it or whatever. And then the last thing that really got me excited was uh, Spicy by Heidelbar Games, uh, which was a hidden bluffing game based on spices. So very similar. And I guess and the guy said person demoing it said he was inspired by coup so i'm like oh that's really cool so just like us how we were really inspired by coup and we started a board game podcast <laughs> this guy made a whole board <laughs> game about it which we kind of made a whole buffing board game too but hey we never did anything with it so <laughs> cut that out <laughs> other than that i uh actually like the game like the convention boosted me up a bit and i bought a bunch of games that were demoed on there so i actually bought nova luna and i bought roll and write nice so yeah actually what else did you buy uh i well (laughs) i bought terraforming mars oh yeah uh because that's single player so i was actually gonna buy crystal palace but then when they didn't have single player i'm like well i might as well buy terraforming mars i never played it uh it's super popular it's super popular game everyone loves it so i'm like might as well buy it and play it whatever nice i'm excited so i want to play that game yeah cool what about you kev do you notice any uh any news and on your end that for anything that you watched another game i noticed was uh i think it's already out uh wonder moment and the challenge of the amazons so that was kind of cool because uh, you're yeah. it's a co-op game and then you can take control of wonder woman uh several of the other amazons then you're going up against uh, you pick one of three villains, either Ares, uh, Cheetah, or Cersei, and you can go around their board, and uh, yep. you can get different relics, and each of the characters have uh, different powers, and it, it looks pretty cool. I watched a really, really quick uh, quick review by um, Meeple University out of Australia uh, for that one, so it looked pretty cool. Yeah. That game's on my, my buy list. I think it's probably the next next game I buy. I almost bought it the other day. <laughs> when I went to our uh, local game store, cool. cool. But I didn't. Um, that's really funny because uh, Ravensburger really won our hearts over, right? And there was a little bit of news in between the Villainess and the uh, Wonder Woman game. 
there was. It was pretty. I mean, it wasn't like big news. Um, it was kind of like no. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It was big news. Well, to you. you know, we all we yeah we we all know that uh, they're releasing another villainous game, but it's Marvel villainous. So right. So that was news. Have you played villainous at all, Kevin? Oh. No? Okay. So, <laughs> have you have you heard of it? Do you know? Nope. Do, you, do you know anything about it? <laughs> Oh, okay. Now Just, my turn to geek yeah, out. go for it. Geek out, John. Okay, so geek so, <laughs> so Robinsberger made this game called Disney Villainous, and in the game you are one of the one of the Disney villains in the game. There's a bunch now, but we'll say like Captain Hook or something. And Captain Hook, and you have your own board you're playing on, and you have an objective. So Captain Hook's objective is to uh, find Peter Pan at uh, the Lost Boys hideout bring him to the ship and defeat him. Um, so using the, your board that you have, you, you know, do, you do your moves and, and you draw cards that, uh, help you either search through the deck or, or help you along the way. But you're playing with other people who are trying to f- do their own objectives for their villains. And they want to kind of screw you over by drawing your fate deck so your fate deck is usually the 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 protagonists from the movies, and they block areas on your board so you can't get special abilities and stuff like that. It's actually a really really fun. Oh, game. Kev, you would love and it, man! If you're gonna pick up a board game, it's actually family friendly too. So like, I don't, I I think right. your wife probably likes Disney yeah. too, so she'd yeah. probably love yeah, it. Yeah, she would. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I brought it home. I watched like a playthrough of it, brought and I bought. I instantly bought it, and it's honestly that's the gag game hits our table all the time like we're con- cool. my wife and i are constantly it's, playing it. it's like the new family monopoly but better <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i highly suggest suggest taking cool. taking a look at it and between the two of us we have all the we have oh, all well. the cool. expansions anyway so they're releasing a marvel version of this um so in the, in the game what i think was pretty cool because i haven't really followed up on it since they announced that they were doing it so the fact that um they said that it that it's not going to be compatible with the Disney villainous intrigued me a little bit cuz I was like well why I could see why they wouldn't do it because yeah. it, you know it's two mixed universes but what I think is really cool is the shared fate huh. deck from the villains so instead of so, so instead usually of usually fate deck for each player now there's a fate deck in the middle and now you draw the card from the middle that's going to go on your board. Okay. Basically. Okay. And their ex- and their explanation for it was because comic books are this giant shared True. universe that they should share this this fate deck. So you know, um, like I said, the 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 fate deck's the protagonist. So you know, Thor would pop up, and you would put Thor on on you know like Thanos's uh, board. Now Thanos can't use these special abilities yeah. on his on his thing. Yeah, so my question to you, Kevin, so I know you're into comic books. They've released three out of the five names of the villains. Which are? Which are Thanos, Ultron, and Hela. So those are the three um, villains you're going to be able to play with. And there's two more they haven't announced yet. That'd be cool. Who would you like to see as a Marvel villain in the first game that you can play and control and manipulate to 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 achieve your 
your objective. And they'd have. Okay. And then I'll tell you and my two. Pretty big because those are big, pretty big villains right there. And I'll tell you none. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I wasn't. I wasn't actually going to actually. I wasn't actually going to no. buy this game. Get out! Get they, out of here! Fl- no, no. So the, the, here's my reason. I'm a DC guy. Okay. Number one. And number two, I was like, well, you know, I really like the Disney Villainous games. Like, why? Like, I don't think I need this in my collection. But now that now, with the shared fate deck, and just like, I'm just, I'm, I'm probably. Much <laughs> 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 yeah, that's that's why Ravensburger or Ravensburger is kicking butt right now. You know, yeah. they, they know what we want. Hocus Pocus, baby. That's what I want. Stop yeah. them potions. Sorry, go ahead, Kevin. So, what what two uh, Marvel villains would you want to see in so there? So, I'm similar to John. I, I like, I'm more of a DC guy too, but I have like like I've gone oh. through and watched all the Marvel movies, and so I'd probably go. One of them would definitely be Apocalypse from X Men because he's just like nice. huge and world destroying and everything. Uh, so. I'm just I'm just gonna say uh-huh. something. I was actually gonna be like, look, if you guys can't give one, I can give one. And Apocalypse was my <laughs> was it was just came to came to my head because of the whole like cable. Um, it was like future Apocalypse went back into time, killed Professor Xavier. Spoiler alert! No. <laughs> and that created like a whole new universe of comics. So that was actually like a really sweet uh, thing for my childhood. So I thought Apocalypse. Yeah, I remember. I remember you read through that yes. back in. Was it like X Men: Days of Future Past back in what grade five or six or something like that? Yeah. Yep. So that was yep. so Apocalypse was definitely one. Um, another one that's not necessarily huge and like world changing, but would be really cool would be Carnage, just because he's just crazy psycho, has like no, he's just like a so- complete sociopath and doesn't have any true ambitions for like destroying the world but is totally against spider-man and wants to just destroy his world and venoms and just wants to go out and just you know mess stuff up so those, those would probably be my two just off the top of my head there's two that i that i that i would like to see but then i got i think i have a theory about about the game so i think i would like to see um uh Modoc. who sorry who who <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, so his name stands for mental organism designed only for killing. Oh, is he that brain? Is he the brain guy? Like the brain in the chair? He's like he's like Krang from yeah, yeah, Ninja yeah, Turtles, yeah. but like Marvel style. Exactly, okay. exactly. And then I was like, oh, I think I would really like to see either the Sentinels or Galactus be part of it. So so what? But then I got to. What's th- your theory? <laughs> So my theory, so my theory here is I love conspiracy theories. Because because Disney owns Marvel and they've been they haven't really merged that Fox universe in there yet. So I I have a feeling that the villainous game is only going to release villains that are in the in the Mar- Marvel Cinematic Universe right now. Yeah. Cuz you know Thanos, Hello and Ultron are all in the the current universe unless they're hiding the two so i feel like loki would be would be too um predictable to be a villain and um 
Yeah, so I just I, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's so, actually really interesting. I, so according to that, then you wouldn't have Apocalypse and you wouldn't have Carnage because those are in two different things. And actually, another one came to mind: right. Magneto, which is an amazing villain of the X Men, wouldn't be in there either. Right. So, so I I I have a theory that they're gonna stick to uh, to villains that are only in the current Marvel universe, um, even though I don't think it's related to um the movies at all so in that case i think we'll we'll definitely see red skull yeah that's cool what what about who's the uh, who's the uh guardians of the galaxy uh main bad guy the first one was ronin and which first one was ronin Ronin. the second was ego one of those ronin wasn't like a huge huge um villain in like the comics like he was important but he wasn't like a huge one not like galactus or like like thanos or ultron yeah okay yeah so well who's who's the one like isn't is galactus the main guy like he's the main guy in it thanos he's pretty galactus is uh no thanos is in uh the main guy yeah yeah okay so thanos is obviously in it so yeah he's on the cover (laughs) i have actually you know this is an embarrassing thing but i haven't seen any of the avengers movies i don't know i'm missing out I have no idea. Pretty That's good. Fine. Embarrass me. Except uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I love, so. they're, they're pretty good. Yeah, so I don't know. I think I think we're only going to get uh, villains from the uh, the movie universe. You know, I'm... Which, w- which would be kind of upsetting to me, mm. but maybe they're holding out and not saying the other two because uh, maybe they're... Maybe they... Maybe I'm wrong. I was going to say, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, like, Fantasy Flight has the Marvel um license too and and with their uh, marvel champions and they have a little bit of everything they have spider-man in it they also have like thor yeah but you got to think robinsberger is oh, it's uh, disney it's disney right yeah well robinsberger is also trying to appeal to the larger masses mm. i think so that, that's why my theory is what it is so i'm hoping we get something uh, a little outside of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe in this game. Carnage and Apocalypse would be amazing, but I think I agree with your theory 100%. So, boom. I agree. Boom. You predicted it. Put it on Twitter. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Put it on Twitter. I don't know who. I <laughs> I don't know who. I think maybe I think maybe Red Skull. And uh, I think Loki is too predictable. So maybe someone like uh, maybe uh, Killmonger would be kind of cool. Who's Loki though? Who, like, I don't know. Loki's like Thor's brother. Oh, yeah. But they already have Hela, who's Thor's sister. So oh, yeah, then probably, probably, probably not. What's the Loki, point, right? Yeah. So I would like to see Ego, the Living Planet, if uh, if that. So. That'd be cool. Yeah, everyone loves Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Cool. Cool. Well, that's a really cool geek out session. <laughs> <right there>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's what we thought about the whole uh, board game geek con line online board game convention <laughs> Ravensburger. Uh, i thought i like burger hijacking yeah, <laughs> yeah Ravensburger hijacks my game table all the time which is fine you know i'm glad we all enjoyed it and uh i think it's a kind of a cool a cool way to get get everything out there during this weird time we're all going through um but yeah so thanks kevin for joining us um it's really nice to see you i know i haven't seen you yeah barely in years <laughs> glad to be on so and uh so it's nice to see you online. And Matt, thanks for joining us as well. Always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. 
Um, if you like what you're hearing, check us out, FridayNightGames.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. See ya. See you next Friday.